welcome to the Pick Truth Podcast, where we read confessions that people send us or that we find online and rate them based on their level of heat. The truth can range from a bell pepper to a Carolina Reaper. A bell pepper is a very mild truth. A poblano is a truth that can irritate others. A jalapeno is spicy. A Thai chili has me judging you very hard. The Reaper is a truth that you should take to your deathbed. Listen, laugh, and learn what happens. When the only option you have left is to pick truth. Welcome back to another episode of Pick Truth. I'm your host, Dr. Vicki Harris. I'm here with my co-host. Lamont Hearn Jr. And we're here to bring the heat. It's been another week. We uh, I, Life has been lifing for me. I feel like I blink and it's another week. We are... Um, the year is getting closer and closer towards December, and it seems really, really odd because I felt like we just walked into 2023. But how has your week been, Lamont? Um, my week's been okay. Um, just trying to get back in the swing of things. Um, had some current fam- familial events going on, um, good and bad, of course. You know, some birthdays to those whose birthdays it was. Happy birthday. Um, and to those we lost, um, I do love you and, um, I appreciate the time we shared. Um, and you know, beyond that work is work as always. So it's always good to get in here and record and get a little, you know, conversation therapy, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I share their sentiment. So here recently we had quite a few folks over to the crib had a uh and one of the things that we're doing right now is we are planning our annual staycation and what is an annual staycation you may ask well this i think this really was birthed through covid right was this did we do our first staycation Mm -hmm. as a result of covid because we the like world started to open up a little bit like you could go and do stuff again and Several of us took a day yeah. off of work in September and we took a day off and we went and did multiple activities across the city. We ate food and we, we did all the things. It's interesting when we started, I don't think all but one was in school. I think one was in school or any of them in school of our four. Your yeah. oldest, I think, was still in school, was in school, but your parents, your mother-in-law and father-in-law helped pick them up. My kids were still in daycare. Mm -hmm. And so we had till six o'clock to pick them up. So we had like this long stretch of time, but as our children became more and more involved with a school and and all the good fun things, our staycation is, is where we, in the morning time, we eat some food, we go do some activities or two, one or two, go pick up our kids and then come back together to do activities for the rest of the evening. Like we, it, it is literally this, this uh, mm. uh, middle of the day, we go to go and play all day, go get our kids and then throw the kids in there and have them play. So uh, we're in the middle of deciding. Mm. So the last two years, I want to say everybody couldn't go this last time because uh, of scheduling conflicts. And mm. so we started planning early and we, we got a date on the books early for, yeah our uh our staycation so i'm pretty excited because i've been now that i'm done with all partying for quite some time i I now have some time to focus on staycation events and 
charcuterie boards and cigars and, and cognac. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I think mm, it would be interesting to, if we could expand it, but I, I don't know if we could expand it to people who get it. Like the whole point is to hang out all day. It's right. staying in the city doing things that it's a staycation because it ended the next day. We did it for two days because we went to brunch. There's a yeah. very delicious, wonderful steakhouse, and we had this tomahawk steak. It was it was great. So maybe we can figure out how to. Since last time it was short notice, like hey, we're gonna do staycation this year. Uh, we yeah, we walked on the bridge, but we weren't with our kids, so it was dope. Like we, <laughs> that's what we did. We went walking on the bridge, got a big charcuterie board. What was our activity? Oh, what was our activity? Painting. Wasn't it activate? No, that was years back. Oh. It, we went painting. We did the paint. Was it? Okay, but uh, I digress. We are going to get right into the show, and I'm going to jump into my very first truth. This one is titled, Destroying the Local Scammer's Car. Back in 2018... My town had this couple that would drive around in a brand new Hellcat and park at local gas stations to beg for money. Um, so a Hellcat is like a, is it a Chevrolet? A Dodge. It's a type of vehicle. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I, I guess it's a, it's a, it's a sporty yeah, kind of. It's a, uh, it's a Charger. Oh, thank you. It's a, it's yeah, a, it's a Dodge Charger. It's a Dodge Charger. So. I guess depending on where you live, that might be a very nice car. Well, uh, yeah, well, the, in this context, it is a very nice car. And they would park at the gas stations and beg for money saying yes. they ran out of fuel. Um, they would make a good amount at one place, then go and take off to a different gas station and run the same scam. I would always see them at the Chevron when I would get off of work or while I was running my route. They were constantly getting uh, posted on Facebook, too, about what they were doing also. So one day, my coworker and I saw them, and I told them to park and give me a second. Our delivery truck took diesel fuel, and we always carried the big gas can just in case we had an emergency. So I decided to help them out. I walked over with with the can and told them I didn't want to see them stranded, so I filled the can up, uh, so so I filled the car up. Uh, for them to use and they barely acknowledged me or said thanks uh, but took the can that was the last time the car was seen around town I always wondered how badly you messed the car up putting that many gallons of diesel fuel in it obviously to the owners of the car (laughs) they would definitely be upset about this I guess the best way for me to approach this is I think of it in the context of I grew up watching a lot of 80s and 90s movies where a lot of people got comeuppance in movies. They would do things. They would either be dastardly. They'd be ne'er-do-wells. I'm using these terms intentionally. Um, And they would basically get what was coming to them in some shape, form, or fashion. I think of like Biff Tannen from um, Back to the Future, Hmm. how they have that one chase scene where they're in the future and like all the manure ends up piling into his car. And I thought that was hilarious as a kid. And I'll admit, I probably haven't changed too much. Um, But as a person who does pay for things, um, that would annoy me 
that would be very irritating. But from the outside looking in of people who are basically swindling people from what we get from the story, I would say it's a poblano. It's definitely not something I think is good. But at the same time, I guess my, my viewpoint is, I guess, based off of those movies and those instances. So it kind of has me leaning to this being a lighter truth. Mm. So my thoughts. So to sum it all up, here's how I view it. There's a couple going around gas station to gas station asking for money for their car. And really, that's just their job. Their job is they're, they're panhandling, right? And even though they've been reported on mm. Facebook and people have acknowledged it in, in, in person, uh, ultimately, um, people really were sick of their stuff. This guy who has a diesel truck and a diesel gas can gives them diesel to put into their vehicle and does not tell them that it's diesel. Thank him. They just they were just kind of greedy and took it, right? It's a tough one for me. This is a tough one for me because part of me, like what makes you any better? Like you you intentionally damage their property mm. for why? You know, and even though they're panhandlers, you know, you now put them in a position where they just, they're even farther behind. Like, you don't know what's going on. You don't know if they got kids. You don't know if that's where, how they, where they live at. You don't know if that was their home. And it's kind of like yeah. you've passed judgment that their behavior is so um, inappropriate that deceitfully giving them something that was going to damage their vehicle was an appropriate punishment. So like part of me is like they never made an agreement with you that they wouldn't panhandle. Like who, you know, who are you to say that they can't panhandle? Is it a scam? Cause maybe they don't need gas money. Okay. It's a scam. Then call the police. Why damage a poor person's property anyway? Like, if, I mean, they're they not living off well off the hog if they are out here doing this. Like, it just is like crabs in a bucket mentality for me. Right. So for this one, I, mm. I'm i giving it a, a Thai chili. It's a WTF. Like, why are you kicking somebody while they're down? It, that doesn't make sense to me. It, mm. it just, it's... Now, by the way, so, and I'm not going to forgive the people who are or panhandling like it's so I don't want to say forgive so that's a terrible term so nobody isolate that what I want to say is there are people who take advantage of the system all the time here where we live in this city on the a large major stretch of road every other Saturday there is this family that is burying the same child mm-hmm on their posters it the people are on, <laughs> on facebook they're in facebook groups saying don't help them they're on next door groups everywhere uh this family has the mm-hmm. same kid that died from the same cancer every two weeks I, i'ma say yeah and, and they're getting people because it's such a busy intersection People don't go down it all the time. Some most people don't necessarily live in this area to have to go through that intersection. It's like a four-way intersection. And they just out there. Ain't no cones. They just they just out there chilling. So mm-hmm. I recognize that that behavior is beyond irritating for some. It's it's terrible. I get that. 
But I also going to say the truth is you don't know what you would do if you had to feed your kids and you don't know what's next, where their meal's coming from. Like, it's easy to talk about how great and how mm. how civil and how you can do the right thing when you're in the position to do the right thing. But, like, you don't know what you mm. would do. You don't know. Like, I, I'm just saying, like, you don't know what you would do. Everybody's always, and I say that all the time, like, you know, I don't ever try to put myself in someone else's position because I'm only coming from my experience. And my experience to certain things are are extreme. It, you know, if somebody dies, most people are really like tore up. I'm not. I'm like, dang, that's sad. But you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's because I am numb to it. But like you make my son cry. I don't care if you're a four-year-old. I'm ready to kick you in your back. It's just it's 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 a thing. He's and so you know, I, I, I'm comfortable with that. I'm comfortable. That's that's an irrational response. Right. So everyone has a different thing, or you know, like you know, the the way that I want to protect my children is because I wasn't protected as a kid, and so it's it's unhealthy. I like I literally had to talk to my therapist about it, uh, but but you're not going to do what I'm gonna do. And we shouldn't judge people because their behavior is something that we wouldn't do, that we feel like we would never be in a position to do. Because if I had to put up a sign and kill somebody's kid every week on a sign, it does sound real terrible, though. Like, I just go, okay, let's be clear, though. I ain't going to do that. (laughs) I don't know what I would do, but I'm not going to do that. Because, one, I feel like I'm I'm too fluffy. Like, I feel like the cars would be hitting me. Like, they don't got on safety gear. Like, none of that. None of that. What, you want to have bumpers? They got to have, like, at least have on a yellow, uh, no, the one, the bright orange jacket. Like, uh, the safety jacket. Like, I'm out here. Yeah. I'm just saying. There's, they, yeah, there's opportunity. to give some type of notification. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it, this was a mixed bag. So I give the scammer, see, I give the scammer a poblano because I mean, they could be methy too. Like, I mean, like, meth is a real thing. Mm. They could be real methy. Like, you really messed up their money. Uh, I give the those people a poblano. <laughs> Not real methy. It's a thing. You, you, I'm a child of the 80s. Yeah. I know what someone who looks crackish looks like. You know what crackish looks like. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Dif- difficult to describe. Yeah. But easy yeah. to identify. But when you see it, you know. Yeah, yeah. So. Real good and crackish. Nah, I'm just saying. And now you know what methy looks like. But anyway, I, I digress. I'll get us all the way off topic. Um, what truth do you have for us? All right. My first truth for today is titled, You Got Mail. This happened about 15 years ago when the internet and e-commerce were still young. I had this supervisor who was a real douchebag. Once he asked me to help him out at the last minute and take a particularly shitty shift, and I did because I was a team player. The anticipated business level did not materialize, so I left my schedule 
I'm sorry. <clears throat> the anticipated business level did not materialize, so I left at my scheduled time. To be clear, I did not leave early and abandon my colleagues. I left at the end of the shift and I did not stay late. A couple of days later, Douchebag schedules a meeting with me, and when I arrive, I see the two owners are there as well. DB, short for Douchebag, starts calling me out, accusing me of abandoning my colleagues and falsifying the timesheet. I ask him if he's on crack. He keeps berating me and questioning my commitment and loyalty. The two owners sit in stunned silence but don't defend me. I was employee number two. He was number 35 or something like that. So eventually I said I had enough and got up and went home. He sent me an email later that day saying I was suspended for three days. So don't come into the office tomorrow. I ignored that. The next morning when I got in, he was surprised to see me and told me to go home. I basically told him to go fuck himself. I no longer recognized him as my supervisor. My pay never got docked either. Office tensions were high after that, but I just went about my business like he wasn't there. He continued to be a douchebag, but I just bided my time. I am very patient. About a year later, I noticed his T4 envelope on his desk. No one was around, so I palmed it, and that gave me his home address and social <clears throat> gave me his home address and his social insurance number. Also learned I made about triple his salary, which made me feel good. His house was only a short side trip for me on my way home, so I would leave early, go to his house, and intercept his mail. I would take it home, steam it open, scan it, and seal it back up. The next day, I would swing by and put it back in his mailbox. It took about three months, but I eventually got two credit card statements, and I was able to determine he got his CC statements around the 10th of the month. Got his utility bills as well, and a letter from social services notifying him he was going to get his wages garnished for non-payment of child support. Once a douchebag, always a douchebag. I've been putting together a list of URLs for the vilest and most disgusting porno websites, Hawking Magazine subscriptions featuring topics such as bestiality, golden showers, and scat, among many others. Note, readers of these type of things, I am not joking. End quote. I spent a Saturday night mid-month with a bottle of rum subscribing him to every magazine, both print and online that I could find. In those days, there was very little credit card security. If you have the full card number and billing postal code, you were in. There were no CVV or PIN numbers. I knew he wouldn't see his statements for over three weeks. The following Monday, I canceled his utilities, telling them I was going abroad for an extended period and wanted to suspend the services. I made it a point to be exceptionally rude to the utility companies so the account would be flagged, hopefully as a douchebag. Also got his vehicle registration reminder and vehicle insurance renewal, both of which I did not return. To his credit, he never said a word that I heard in the office about the shit going down in his personal life. But I knew he was suffering and that was good enough for me. About six months later on a whim, one night after a few cocktails, I tried signing him up for more stuff and was surprised to find both his credit cards still worked. He hadn't closed the cards. I signed him up for a bunch more magazines but made the mailing address the office. Signed him up for a number of online porno sites and used his work email. That got people's attention, and no long and not long after, douchebag was no more. I win. That is a lot. First, let's decide if this is even true. Uh, it's somewhere in the middle of true. Like it, it, it rings so. First of all, if it is a, a actual truth, like this is what someone really did, I would never fuck with you. 
Like that just seems so Facts. outlandishly involved. Like overboard. Right. Like so if yeah. It's so extra. It rings untrue for me. That's what I want to say. It rings fictional. Like this is what I wanted to do. And I give you that. But I've committed a federal offense multiple times taking mail from your, your mailbox. If you lived in a rural area and most people can't see your mailbox, that makes sense. But real talk you would start to notice somebody taking mail out of somebody's mailbox and putting it back. But of course, clearly this is before ring cameras and all the things that they're not having the same security levels with the the credit cards. But that's just a lot of work for a little reward. Like, you know, you wanted him to be miserable. Okay. Cause he, he reamed you and he wanted to suspend you. Like, like get somebody i don't know that seems like a mental health issue like you you might have like you know like you might have a mental health issue if that is your reaction like you went through all that extra for what like you could have learned the piano in that time frame like you know the potential (laughs) the potential to get caught for just taking the mail like was extreme yeah yeah that makes no sense to me. So I am judging you, but like, I'm going to go with Reaper. And here's why I wouldn't be your friend. If you told me you did some shit like that, I'd be like, Oh my, yeah, it's crazy. And I would never invite you to any place again. I'd never invite you to staycation. Legitimately. I'd never invite you over. I would never. mm -mm, Nah, I'm good. Because if that's the level, because I'm going to make a mistake. I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm going to make a mistake. I am going to, I am going to, I'm going to mess up in all of my relationships, all of my friendships. I'm going to fall short. I'm not going to show up the right way all the time, every time. The only way for me to remedy it is if you tell me. And if it's something that I'm not capable of doing, I'd let you know. And then I just don't be your friend. I don't do that. Like, well, we won't. I'm okay with that. But what ha- what I'm hearing is that somebody did something that was out of source for you. And you went through measures that were incredible just to get them back. I, it's a reaper for me. You take them to your deathbed. Don't tell nobody else that shit. Because it's and I, I hope I what people piss me off all the time. Like it's like those road rage people. You get you just channeling all of your anger on one person. I mean, because there's gotta be more than just he yelled at you for going home early. You know, like if you agreed to stay, why not have the conversation with old dude to say, Hey, you know, business didn't pick up. I'm I'm deciding I'm gonna go head on out. Like that would have resolved the entire thing. So right. he, he may have been well within his right to be frustrated that you didn't you know, didn't say anything, whatever. And, you know, you don't know what he's experiencing. And if he's handling all the bullshit he's experienced like a champ like this, you don't know what else he could be experiencing. And, like, you just kept going out of your way to get him because, because, listen, everybody got to do their own thing. 
I wish you peace and all joy and happiness. And I would never, ever want to be on your bad side. So it's a reaper. Take it to your deathbed. Don't tell nobody else. And and if you haven't gotten some counseling or some therapy, you might want to. Because, I mean, that, that's a lot of effort. It's I knew you were feeling bad, so that's all he needed. Like, God dang. And then you cancel his yeah. utilities. Like, does he got kids? Yeah, clearly he does have kids. You canceling you? Why do people do that? Like, mm, mm. okay, so yeah, what, go to that extreme. Yeah. What? What? What are your thoughts? What would you rate this one, Lamont? Yeah, um, reading this one kind of even made me even second guess my original thoughts on the first true to go to extremes like this to put somebody else in such a bad position is ridiculous i can't think of being in those um that specific predicament of it just being an issue at work where maybe communication was lacking and it created this issue um yeah, my feelings may be hurt. I may feel that the way he approached it was unjustified. Um, and I'm willing to even communicate that. But to go to this level of, like you said, committing a federal offense multiple times, going through the process of basically trying to destroy his life for him creating an inconvenience for you. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that anybody wants to get in trouble at work or anything like that. But when you compare the scales, it's like you decided to bring a tank to kill a spider. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like a small house spider. Like you brought a military tank. Like you weren't satisfied with just killing it or capturing it. You wanted to obliterate everything around it. And that's so extreme that, like you said, it's a reaper. Mm -hmm. Like I would almost feel like it's seek medical help, like some type of mental facility someone to talk to who can help you work through why you would even feel like that has to be your response. It's like somebody stepping on your shoe and you want to end their life. Mm -hmm. That to me is so unnecessary. Like it's a shoe. Don't get me wrong. I understand you may care about your items and you want them to be a certain way, but to go to that extreme to make such a life altering thing, which in this story, I mean, you cut off somebody's utilities you create bad reports on them with these utility companies, which are hard to deal with because if they do have bad reports on you, sometimes they won't even give you service. And some places only have like one utility service there. So, you know, um, all these credit cards, I don't care about the porn stuff. I guess that's because you kind of shame them for liking or having those stuff. But yeah, it's extreme. Yeah. I think the, the porn piece, it, it, Thinking about the times, again, if we're at the security of uh, credit cards was loosey-goosey like it was back then, I, I imagine mm -hmm. that that would have been an, an embarrassment for for many people. I think it would be embarrassing for people today to admit that they have some of the the things they have. But it's uh, but ultimately, what, what did you rate it? Which, which pepper did you give it? It, it, it's a reaper yeah. it's a reaper like the only person i would on, the only caveat is i'd tell your therapist like or tell a therapist get somebody tell a therapist that's well needed okay so i'm gonna jump right into my next truth here 
This is titled, I am 41 years old and I've been working at McDonald's for 11 years. I got my master's in accounting and was making 75K by the time I was 28. I think this is the only reason I'm not homeless now. I got in a car accident, I rear-ended on the highway, and it did serious damage to my spine. Dislodged two vertebrae, and three others ended up fusing t- together over time. So my flexibility pretty much became non-existent. Sitting also became impossible without immense pain. Accounting, you are obviously sitting all the time. I did spend a lot of money and benefits getting treatments and opinions and so on and so forth, but we're all mortal. I needed a job where I could keep moving in order to keep the pain out. Not a standing treadmill desk, but something sitting, but sometimes sitting, sometimes standing, but a light labor where I would be uh, always moving. I ended up accepting a six-figure dismissal package so that I could leave without feeling wronged and they uh, wouldn't have to live, live in fear of a lawsuit. So left their accounting job. I tried several lower level jobs and eventually decided to suck it up and go to McDonald's. It's not the bad. It's not that bad of a job. The work itself. I don't mind. The worst thing it is, is really the way other people treat you. At least once a week, I get the, where did you go wrong in life to be working at McDonald's at your age thing from angry customers. I don't have the time to inform every one of them of my history. And even if I did, probably I'd get fired for talking back. Also, my superiors keep trying to push me into higher positions because they want me to, to make use of my accounting background for dirt cheap. The thing they don't realize is if I was going to do accounting, I'd just get an accounting job somewhere else. I don't do it because I know the money would not be worth the pain. So in addition to customers berating me, for my low social status at my age, I have to deal with superiors constantly bothering me about being tied to a till and cooker until the day, uh, to the end of my days. I really don't mind the work though. It's a clean work environment. I rarely eat here and I'm pretty healthy aside from my actual real medical issues. I own a house and a vehicle. I'm entirely debt free. I'm considering retiring or at least going part-time, but that would just make me crazy uh, from pain and boredom. I need something to do and I could quit and go on disability. There's no respect from anyone. Uh, That is the biggest roadblock of enjoying my life. Other people always find a way to shit on you. I even got yelled at as an accountant all the time. It's just life. There are probably very few people in the world who make a living without having to get yelled at by someone in the process. I just wish people would get a bit nicer. I wasn't a druggie and I'm not some grown burnout or anything like that. I'm intelligent, educated, and financially secure. Working at McDonald's is part of what's necessary for self-care. I do really miss my youth though and my friends and all of us thinking we could actually go somewhere. Even the people I know that are still holding position in more respected fields, i.e. aviation, don't seem to be happy. I mainly miss being able to run and lift weights. That's a really gratifying feeling. I can't do any of that anymore. The most depressing fact of all this is realizing how easy it is for one person to do something that undoes a lot of your life effort to that point. Oh, well.
So there's like multiple ways that I'm gonna have to approach this. Um, as far as the actual confessor, um, I rate the confession itself as interesting, but a bell pepper um, because I don't think there's any, I don't think there should be any shame um, that they should feel. I do understand as far as not being able to do as much physically as they once did. Cause it doesn't seem like they are as torn up about the career per se. If you listen to them in the story, they're not really complaining about the career. Excuse me. They're not complaining as much about the career as much as they're complaining about um, their ability to perform certain actions and how easily that was taken away by someone else's uh, bad decisions. Um, now, as far as, um, customers and the coworkers or higher ups, um, I would say this is a Thai chili, almost a reaper, like keep your, unfortunately people tend to want to view your life through their lens. Mm. Um, a, a perfect anecdote I get for that all the time is if I see someone who, they see me out and about and I'm, I'm a tall guy. I'm six, five. They'll see me and they'll go, man, I know you played football somewhere. I know you played sports. That's the first thing that they say. And it becomes looking at me at a base level and then telling me, man, if I had Joe Hyde or Joe build, I'd be in the NFL right now. And it's, it's such a easy thing for people to say because it's so flippant that you would assume that everyone who is 6'5 and built like a football player actually plays football. When, if you actually look at the numbers of people in the NFL, the numbers are very limited. So in fact, it does not give you the automatic right to be in that league. No different than this person being a certain age does not indicate that they should be working at a certain place based on what you find to be appropriate. Um, this person, like, because you, you can't read a book by its cover in that way, because you just don't know that a person is so much more than just what their age may be, um, what their sexual orientation, um, how they're built, all those things. You know, there are people who look chiseled, who have medical conditions. And there are people who people would consider obese, who do not have a lot of those same ailments. Now, that's not to say that it can't be the case, but it's just to assume that this person is quote unquote a failure because they are at a certain age and they're not working a corporate job. That may not be what they want to do. They, whether it's for medical reasons or for their happiness, like they mentioned somebody, um, I believe it was air, in aircraft. Aviation. Aviation. Sorry. In aviation who is unhappy. And it's like, if money is the only thing that is motivating then you may be willing to work any job to fill that role. But this person is finding themselves content in what they're doing. They just wish they could be more mobile without the pain. So yeah, to me, it's a bell pepper for the confession, but a Thai chili creeping up on a reaper for those who just feel like they have to make sure this person feels bad because of what the choices that they're making. So this, this is a, a interesting one. I will say that I, I would be guilty of sometimes looking at people who are 
of age working in a fast food restaurant. It is a true thing. Right, wrong, or indifferent. It's just I can acknowledge that I have, I would probably say something, think of something, whatever, right? Um, And I don't tend to be elitist, but I'm just being honest. And this kind of makes me think about some of the biases that I have. You know, I'm limited to what I just see in a person to your point and not really understanding what's behind it. And he, he made a point that like, I strive, I want to get to one day is just do what I want to do because I want to do it. He wants to work at McDonald's because it allows him to move. He doesn't want want to work in accounting because he could do, and you know what? I, I kid you not, as you, as I was reading it and I swear, I thought, why don't you just get a standing desk or a treadmill desk and still make your 75,000 a year? That's not what he wants. That's not what he wants to do. And so and he's happy and he's content. And I, I know he's right that it, people typically aren't satisfied anywhere. And he's satisfied and he's content. And the there's this um, a theory. It's called the hedonic treadmill. And I, I may have brought it up on the show before, but essentially it's just a behavioral psychology amongst humans that basically you get bored with stuff like you will want something desire it and you you'll do all things for it you get it and then you still all that you'll be high with, with excitement and eventually you'll go right back down to where you are it's and it just keeps going up and down it's a hedonic treadmill you're never happy where you are it's like a human phenomena uh, like happiness is at, at a set point. And, you know, there's, I guess, thought leadership around, can you move that set point? Can you make it higher? Can you make it lower? And what I feel like is like this gentleman who who sent this post, who created this this confession, has gotten off the hedonic treadmill. I don't need to do what you want me to do in order for me to be happy. Like I'm doing what I want to do when I want to do it, how I want to do it. His house is paid off. His very little bills, his car works. He could go on disability. There's so many things that he could do, but what he wants to do is make fries. If he could fix the the ice cream machine, that'd be even better, but you know, do what you need to do. (laughs) Right, right, right. Uh, We don't, I don't eat McDonald's. Like, so uh, I, I have had it like here and there but about shoot 10 years ago me and my husband stopped eating mcdonald's uh my kids the, i remember the first time they got a happy meal they were like six or seven so um not a big fan i guess they're never gonna sponsor the show but this is an odd thing to say but I, of course his confession is a is a poblano so it's a mouth truth it could, it, you know what? No, it's a, it's a poblano, not a bell pepper. It's a poblano. It's a, your truth could irritate others. And because knowing that you can make $75,000 using your brain, somebody mad, somebody like you fool. Why are you doing that? This could irritate somebody else. It irritates them because they're on this tri- this hedonic treadmill and they don't know how to get off and constantly chasing happiness and not being able to be content in the happiness that that exists with them so 
Um, and I think I appreciated that Lamont, you talked about the workers or the, the supervisors and that want him to do something different. I would give it a poblano too, because we all do it. We all have these biases. And of course, if we can get somebody to help us to, to improve, especially at work, like if I can get some more, I don't have to pay you more. You know, that's just that a realistic thought process that some people have. It is, it can irritate others to think, you know, it's selfish, but most people are. We want people to do what we want them to do, to live up to the expectations that we have for them, which, which can go think about that with your kids. How many parents set expectations for their kids on how they're supposed to look, dress, act, think, sing, all the things, but never actually letting the child be who the child is. And and mm. then you are angry because yeah. they want to work at McDonald's or they don't want to be a doctor. They want to be, you know, they, a, a mechanic. And that's just not good enough for you. Or, you know, they don't want to be, they don't want to play the piano. They want to play the saxophone. And you feel like that's not good enough for you. Or, it, I mean, there's so many different examples. So ultimately, I give it a bell pepper. But it this one made me think. This one made me think about how I look at people and something I can be conscious about when I have a, a biased opinion. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to turn it over to you, Lamont. All right. For my final truth of the night, the title is Schoolboy Revenge Ends in Two-Day Toilet Visit. When I was in school, my parents lived across the road from the back gate. As my parents were pretty liberal, they let me and my friends smoke cigarettes on the veranda before and after school. One day, one of the guys, we will call him Fred, he was a bigger guy, was walking to school and some of my friends started calling him Jellyfish. I joined in after a while as well. He seemed to ignore us and just walks into the school. We go to school and on my way home, here comes Fred. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> we go to school and on my way home, here comes Fred saying he wanted to fight me. I was pretty scrawny for my age. I just ignore him as I know I just have to get across the road to the safety of my home. So he ends up punching me in the back of the head about five times. Each time I just take the blow and continue on home. Once I get home, I run upstairs to the safety of my room. So about six months go by and Fred and I become friends again. So much that he starts smoking on the veranda with me and my mates. I decided it was time for payback, so I baked a chocolate cake for one of my friend's birthdays, only I stacked his piece with about a dozen laxatives. I give everyone a piece and just watch as he starts devouring his special slice. I try not to laugh when he even starts to just take out the laxatives and eat them on his own. Wait, what? I try not to laugh when he even starts to just take out the laxatives and eat them on his own. We go to school and he only makes it to the second period before nature calls. He's so sick, he has to go home, and we don't see him until a few days later when he says he got food poisoning from the Chinese shop food he had eaten the night before. I just go with what he's saying, knowing full well what the cause of his sickness was. In the end, I didn't have to use my fist, but my brains, and I was happy with the outcome. So this kid spikes someone's food. Like, So I want to give a disclaimer. This is what I want to do. I don't mind a, a joke. 
I don't mind a practical joke. You don't mess with people's food or drink, period. Point blank, period. That is just my rule. Like my boys wanted to do April Fool's jokes. We make it very clear. You, I'll let you do a joke. You don't mess with people's food or their drinks. Anything that goes in someone's body, you don't mess with. It's a big deal for me. You don't lie to people about what they're eating. You 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 wash your hands. <laughs> you don't mess with people's food. So here's the thing. If the kid stole your cake and you had the little chocolate laxatives in your cake, that's what he gets. You don't steal people's food. That's not on you. Logic be damned. That's my logic, right? But you intentionally fed him a tampered food. Again, like you, do, I, I don't do that. Like I, I don't, I don't mess with people's food. We don't, we don't trick people. We don't give them ground turkey. We don't give them fake meat if they don't like it. We just, this is what it is. Let them make the decision. Like I, I, I don't play with people's food. I don't. I am very respectful of people's preferences. Um, I was a pescatarian for well over fifteen years. I think like 15, 14 years, and. I am sensitive to other people dietary restrictions and I, I, you just don't play with people's food. So this one, I'm giving you a, a Thai chili. Like what the F? Like, Cause I know you and you're a kid. You don't know. You don't know what that could have done to his system. He, for a person who has been hospitalized twice for dehydration, two times, uno, dos, that can really mess with somebody's system. So, I'm going to give you WTF, a Thai chili. I'm judging you. I'm absolutely freaking judging you. Do not mess with people's food. And then, like, you're going to mess with, okay, especially if you're a kid and you're, your friends, you fight one day and your friends the next. If you're making fun of me, how you think you're not going to get punched? Like, I don't, I don't even understand that. You, you thought you, you get to get away scot-free? Like, you wasn't thinking like you gonna make fun of them okay you get punched and eh, but you don't mess with people's food you listen i i i um it's not just food but like you don't spike people's drugs <laughs> like that you know like that you listen you listen i, I know i know that's an extreme <laughs> i grew up in the the uh uh inner city <laughs> Sorry, that's just funny. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So I grew up in the inner city and there was this man who lived in the area in which I grew up. And uh, I can say his name. I don't think he, anyone's going to listen. His name was Greg R. Um, and Greg R was weird. He's a crazy guy. He'd walk down the middle of the street talking to himself, all the things, right? Come to find out when he was younger, mm-hmm. somebody spiked his marijuana his joint, his reefer, I think it was a reefer back then, his reefer with PCP. Mm. So with the hallucinant drug, so mm. they spiked it and it messed him up for life. And that just, again, I'm told this like I'm like 11 years old, guys. Like, so, you know, mm. my my impression of like, oh my God, PCP, crack all these things do this you know you they can drug you can lace your someone's 
joint with this and you got to be careful. So that goes into this whole, you don't mess with stuff that goes in people's body. Don't lace this stuff. Don't put now uh, again, if you steal my very hot Thai chili chili out my refrigerator and eat it and you sad, that's on you. Nobody told you to go in my refrigerator and get it. That's my food. It got so, my name on it. That's on you. I like it spicy. Mm. I like my men dark <laughs> and I like my food spicy. <laughs> <laughs> this is a different show. <laughs> uh, what do you think? What are your opinions? Your, your, what would you rate it? Um, I would actually agree with the tag chili. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to dismiss the fact that you were punched in the head five times. I'm not going to say that name calling should result in getting basically, you know, Donkey Kong in the back of the head five times. Um, but at the same time, like if you're going if you're going to sit here and decide to be friends and you're going to try to be cool. I feel like payback is cool within reason, but like you said, to go to this level is, is an extreme. I mean, like you said, you've dealt with dehydration. I've never dealt with it, but you know, having to go that much can dehydrate you. I'm aware of that. You can, it can mess up your bodily functions permanently. You could, you know, have issues with going later just due to how much this could potentially affect you. And just to even go there you have to be willing to understand like, and again, I say the same thing about the punches. That guy has to understand if you punch somebody in the head five times, they could have brain damage or die. That's just, that's just a fact. People have to be realistic with what they do. If you are going to punch somebody in the head like that, then you have to understand they may die. If you are going to give somebody that much laxatives in food, they could dehydrate. They could die. They could have long-term medical issues. So for both of them, I'm giving them tax chilies because it's too much and the repercussions, you know, clearly outweigh the moment of name calling. Like, so some simple name calling almost led to potential death or, you know, ailments for these guys. And that's just extreme. So, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, it it is extreme. And I, I know there's the, if we add factor in my kid, my kiddom, so if he was a child, as an adult, I'll give you a Thai chili. As right. a child, it's a jalapeno because um, their kids are stupid. But right, right. If I if I keep it to that, that I'm gonna give you your score, then taking one down for a youthism. Uh, but <laughs> youthism. Hmm. But I I think it does it for this episode. This week's episode. Um, so if you like the show, help us out. Subscribe and send this show to two friends. If you have not done so already. Join our Facebook group, Pick Truth, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Oh, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. Catch you next time. We can't pick truth without you. Send us your truths at picktruthmail at post.com to see if you can bring the heat.